Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight we're having a conversation with Duncan McGregor of Kilted Christian. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And yes, I'm still down in Yuba City, but I'm done with the conference. Casting out demons making people healed, just like Christ told us to do all good stuff. We'll to pick up that later tonight in Fishers of Men as we ramp up for what's going to be the greatest spiritual war in the human history, and we're on the cusp of that. It's going to be pretty crazy. So, and my voice is getting better, so thank you all for your prayers. It's been greatly appreciated. I've had a wild week, I'm telling you. I've seen some crazy stuff and uh, had some just some great experiences down here, and even God like showed me some stuff earlier tonight. Again, we'll talk about it on Fishers. It was just like, oh my goodness, never did I imagine that. But that's the way God works. He likes to shake us right to our core and get us thrown off base, so we have to look at the world a little differently as he grows us and prepares us for the next round. And when I, from what I'm seeing, that next round's gonna be a doozy. Patriots, make sure you're keeping up all your good skills for your home defense. Things are gonna get a little wild. And that's one of the reasons we have iTarget Pro. We know how bad the violence is out there. In fact, it's a little bit crazy. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. itargetpro.com. It is a great product. Seriously, I really endorse it and hope you use it. It's a great way to save on ammo, sit around, play with a cat, practice shooting crazy things in their little targets, get your skill sets up. And you can even you can even have this thing while you're at dinner. You can be sitting there like eating your steak and turn around and go poo poo, pew pew, and shoot at one of those little digital boxes off in the corner. You can practice your quick draw while eating your barbecue. That's good. So um, this week has been crazy. And my mind hasn't been in the news. My mind has been in the Holy Spirit and shaking out demons and, and meeting some great people and having some great planning sessions for Bard's Fest. Yeah, I did say that, Bard's Fest. You're going to have to wait and get the news on Bard's Fest. But it's, it, Patriots, we're having one Bard's Fest here in, in Yuba City, one of many. And one of them, this one here, is going to be a good kickoff. You're going to love it. It's a great place, great people. I love, this is like my second home down here at Glad Tidings Church. 
And it's, it's really a wonderful place. It is where the Holy Spirit lives down here, not part-time, but full-time. So it's wonderful. So it's, it's going to be a fun experience. But I figured, I just, one of our mods just posted, and thank you, because it reminded me, it's not, it's not Arizona. It's Yuba City, California. Yuba City. You know, people say, well, you're actually in California? And I'm like, yes, I'm in Northern California like Southern Oregon, we're a different country over here. We're like constitutional carry guns, get federal government out of our lives. We, we don't like lizard heads. We love God and Jesus reigns over here. And Jesus reigns as long, and especially reigns when we can carry our guns on our hips. So that, there you go. So just so we're all clear, it's good country. You want to be part of it at some point. All right, Patriots, so I figured there's no better way to talk about the greatness of the things that have been happening this week than from our own very special Bard's family member who has a great show, which is Kilted Christian. If you don't follow it, please do. And that is our very own Duncan McGregor. I think I got that right. Duncan, are you on? I am on, man, and you actually did a great service to that accent. Excellent. I've been working Duncan, at it. Duncan McGregor. Duncan McGregor. we got to have ourselves a little Scottish, so that's good. I'm, I, I'm working on it. You'll have to work with me. I'll get, I'll get my uh, Highlands accent going on here after a bit. So we will be... get you the best healing brogue you've ever had in your life. <laughs> that's good. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds great. As long as it, as long as it doesn't crawl off my plate, I'm good. Well, then don't eat, don't eat the haggis. Uh, dude, I have had haggis. I love haggis. I it's lo- actually pretty good, yes. Yes, I've had haggis. And you made haggis recently or not recently, or you were telling me about it anyway. Yes, I've, I've made it recently. Um, I like it. Like, I fill it up with a lot of the oatmeal and stuff like that. But um, if you spice it up right, it's awesome. Just don't ask what it is before you try it. Oh, but we're going to tell them what it is. Go ahead. It's basically everything that the Brits did not want to eat. No different than the rest of the society. They give you the crap that they don't want to eat themselves. And then the Scots had to come up with creative ways in order to make the food taste better. You know, so they often got the blood, the fat, the tongue, the stomach, and that kind of stuff. So they would basically pound it into a nice little meat, put it into the stomach lining um, with oatmeals and spice and stuff like that. That's haggis. And then you got the black pudding, also known as blood pudding, which is blood and fat that's made into a sausage. And that is actually rather good, too. All right, so let's start. You went too fast because I've already got people like, what's haggis? Haggis is all of the extra parts of the cattle that people don't want. Added, pounded down, spiced up. Add they add oatmeal because that's the common grain for that region, and then they pack it into the stomach of the animal, and then they steam it. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I'm telling you, I've had it. You may think it sounds gross. It was the best ever. I loved it. And I did not have it with blood sausage, but I hear that's a common too, right? A very common for uh, for breakfast or dinner. Um, like I said, it's it's pretty easy to make. Um, you can literally go to the the store and just buy the fat, the blood, and the other stuff that you need, and it's n- rather inexpensive, cons- you know, compared to the rest of the meat and the rest of the cuts. Yeah, that's good. It, it's really good. You, you you have to like you probably don't want to see it cut. You just want to have it served. Exactly. You're better off not watching the process. <laughs> oh, and I love it. I had I had it when I was in Edinburgh. It was great. So, oh yeah, which I think is Edinburgh, right? And it's, it's Edinburgh. 
It's it's Edinburgh. Yeah, Edinburgh. exactly. Like yeah, the end kind of goes silent. Yeah, because I'm getting from Edinburgh over to the uh, east side of the island, which is where the Dunbar Castle is, which my grandmother's a Dunbar, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It's an absolutely beautiful place. And, and where your family was, there's still level-headed people there. You get into the cities of Scotland right now, and you're basically walking into New York City or um, Los Angeles, San Francisco. It, it's sad. Oh, it is. All right. So let's dig into some of this insanity this week. Man, I mean, like I go down to have a conference with God and like you're texting me every day going, dude, like this is the craziest day of news. And I'm like, of all, I guess that's good because God took me out of the playing field for a little while along with my voice. But um, lots has happened. So I don't know where you want to begin. I mean, you, you've we've talked quite a bit in the evenings here and you've been kind of keeping me up to speed on what's happening. Why don't we start with today? And talk right. about some of this banking nonsense, which just started to unravel later, or I guess earlier in the day or this afternoon or something, right? Yes, it started unrolling um, early this morning, and then it caught on to um, Twitter, and it caught on quick. As a matter of fact, it caught on so big, which we'll get into in a moment, the January 6th stuff basically got covered up, and everyone is talking about financial collapse right now. Um, I mean, it's like 75% right now of what they're talking about on not only news, but also mainstream media. So. We had a, a one of the banks. It was a Silicon Valley bank, and it's the it's number eighteenth biggest bank in our country. And they had a plunge today of sixty six point six percent. And you heard me right, sixty six point six percent. And right before the show, I ended up finding an old Q drop from February fifth, two thousand and eighteen, that says stock market dive six 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 coincidence. <laughs> yeah, it's all coincidence. Don't worry. And Patriots, don't worry, the, uh, the, the fallen angels aren't going to cause you any problems, I promise. No, oh no, not at all. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's now roll back. So there was a bunch of things that happened earlier in the week. We had the, and it kind of was precipitated, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, by the January 6th release. But all of that led to a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Supreme Court taking on the case again on election fraud. We had um, the, the turtle head... Um, whatever his name is, uh, Mitch McConnell. He apparently fell down steps. Um, and we had a whole, so go ahead, hit it, man. You got the details. Okay. So we'll start off with what you were just saying. So first off, um, we had what was called the Bronson case and, and SCOTUS, Supreme Court justice, were supposed to take a look at this and decide if they were going to take the case. So it went through once and they denied it. Now it went through a second time and I only heard one place that it was denied, but it was not a reputable source, and I could not find it mentioned anywhere else. So I ended up um, finding something saying that they had, in fact, taken on this case. And this is the information that I ended up finding the next day that kind of backed up a little bit of what I was saying. So I'm going to read this to you. The Supreme Court has finally agreed to make a ruling on the Brunson case that could dissolve the Biden administration and all of Congress. After the Supreme Court's second denial to hear the Brunson case, which dealt with Congress' failure to investigate possible fraud in 2020 election, SCOTUS received notice that they have committed what's called misprison. Now, misprison occurs if judges are aware of treasonous, treasonous events such as Congress' failure to investigate possible fraud in 2020 election, and they don't do anything about it. They could be guilty of being in on that treason themselves. So – there's saying that the military, some form of military, has intervened, um, has become involved, and that the charge of misprison visited the Supreme Court, and suddenly SCOTUS finally accepted the Brunson case in a 5-4 decision 
to not only hear it, but would make a ruling on the merits of this case, not um, not posturing it. So if this happens, a favorable ruling by the SCOTUS would be um, the dissolve of a Biden administration and all of Congress. Huh. I'm trying to think of the downside on that one. Yeah, there's no downside on that. And, you know, one thing that I do want to point out that we had discussed earlier is that we know that our mainstream media and our government, rhinos and Democrats, will use any talking point they can that fits their favor. So when the Brunson case was originally decided against that they weren't going to look at it, they use this as a talking point like, ha ha, look, once again, they try to say that this happened, but obviously it didn't. SCOTUS wouldn't take it. But notice they are completely silent right now. Not a word. Well, it's always yeah. what they don't say, that, right? I mean, I think that's the key piece. Is yeah. it's and if and this is just a point of note is if you're looking to what they're saying, you're following their rabbit trail. If yes. you're looking to what they're avoiding or not talking about, that's the real rabbit trail. That's where the that's where the magic is. And they have not mentioned anything about this. It's a Bronson Bronson case. Is that right? Yeah, the Bronson. And matter of fact, if you guys try to look this up. Um, it is rather difficult if you find anything. Like I said, there's very limited conversation about this. And once again, if it had been turned down, they would have been using this as far as they could go. Once again, the bash on Trump, the, the bash on conservatives, but they're not saying anything whatsoever, which means that more than likely this is happening because they would be screaming this to the world right now in order to uh, do anything they can. Once again, like I said, to go after Trump or to go after conservatives, especially Trump. I mean, yeah. this is this. They should be making this all sorts of headlines about the foolishness of of MAGA and everything else, which they've done so every time in the past. Now that led us into the release by McCarthy of the, which actually happened last week, which is the release of the footage to, to Tucker Carlson from the January sixth event, and then Tucker Carlson waged literally a whole war against the government this week. Is that fair? I, I would say that was fair. And I know a lot of people are disappointed because they wanted to see more. But, you know, first off, I got to remind everybody, most of us have known about this for years. This is not news to us, you know, so we're a little irritated that more didn't come out. But you have to remember is that the majority of our country aren't on the same page we are. So this is all new news to them. And Tucker put out some pretty big news that basically showed that this was a complete lie, some pretty big footage on day one. Um, the next day, the uh, you know, obviously that same the, the next day after he had released that original footage, um, the Democrats and the rhinos, McCarthy or not McCarthy, but uh, McConnell, um, Schumer, and all the rest of the gang came out with loads of rhinos saying, Listen, this is illegal, you shouldn't be doing this. And they were literally on the floor calling for censorship, which should never be done on the house floor. Um, so they were they were in absolute panic. So the next day, um, I think. Tucker did exactly what he should have done, and instead of focusing more on footage, he focused on what he referred to basically as the uni party, saying, listen, you know, we have this an illusion of two parties, but they're obviously working together on the same agenda. And this is one big thing that both parties needed to recognize is that we're not dealing with a party in our favor and a party in their favor. We're dealing with one party that's in their favor. And Tucker pounded that into the ground. So then – um. The Murdochs or yeah, Murdoch's got a call basically saying you need to cease and desist. So Tucker, um, about a month ago, signed a new contract, um, you know, his regular contract for Fox, and he took less money than he got the year before in order to have more rights to say what he wanted to say. 
So by them making this call, they basically broke this contract. And I'm not sure exactly where this is going to go. I know Rumble right now is talking about possibly paying him like $1.4 a year to bring his show straight up to Rumble. And he's like, you know, basically you can say whatever you want to say. So one thing that, that Tucker has been doing since then, since they won't allow him to play more new footage on, is he's been pounding the old good footage that we saw on Monday over and over and over again. This is the footage that literally has everybody in D.C. panicking right now. So I had said on my show, we had discussed this as well, that many things of what we're seeing, for instance, this footage coming out, there was more to it. It wasn't just about footage going to Tucker. They did exactly what we knew they were going to do. They started saying Tucker cherry picked, he selectively edited and all this other stuff. So the only solution to this would be releasing it to the public for the public to see the raw footage themselves in which McCarthy came out yesterday in an interview and said, I will be releasing all of this footage to the public. So that step has now been taken. I think one thing people need to keep in mind is that this information war is, is you've got a plurality of side of, um, of players. And one thing is, cause I already saw a comment about Tucker and you and I were both on the same boat. We seldom really pay attention to Tucker. What people have to understand though, is in a psy war and fifth generation warfare, you have players that are being used in crazy ways. So this is there's a lot of gray place, gray space players. And in this particular case, this is a war between elites. This is not your ultimate battle. This is a war between two factions of the elites, and they're warring it out for control over humanity. And that's where you've got Putin on waging war, and he's giving some reprieve to humanity to pull their head out of their backside and wake up. And while the elites are waging a war to try to gain control of the table, and Tucker's just another one of the pawns in the play, and he's doing his role for, we'll just say for this sake, red faction, because it's kind of Republican, and blue faction or black or whatever you want to call them on the other side here is are the ones that are the, they're literally the ones that are sucking the blood out of everybody. That's the uniparty. So we do have a fight going on. It's very real. And this, and you, everybody is in the middle of a battle right now. So if you are thinking, if you're, if you're not doing the research and you're not promoting you know, information truth, and if you're not out here pushing for Jesus, I got news for you, soldier, you're failing. And that's the truth. But keep going, Duncan. Yeah. So another very interesting thing. And first, I got to give a good shout out to Nikki Knight because she was the one that initially brought me this information. I've been digging into it ever since. All right. So if you guys remember, um, you had the big Ohio incident. Nobody went to the um, went to go visit Ohio to see how those people were going until Trump ended up going himself. So usually, generally, that is the job of a president to go to an emergency situation to let everybody know, hey, everything's going to be okay. We're bringing you water and so forth. But while Trump was there on President's Day, our vice president and our president were overseas. All right. So I believe, uh, if not mistaken, Kamala was in Poland and uh, Biden was in Ukraine. Now, one interesting thing that happened is they both flew over on Air Force One and Air Force Two, but apparently there were some problems or something that they said with the airplanes, and they both ended up flying back on different planes. Now, the interesting part about this is when they ended up flying back, they didn't come back under call sign Air Force One and Air Force Two. And for those of you that don't know, um, yes, there is an Air Force One and Air Force Two airplane, but if I was to own a Cessna and Kamala Harris was to hop in the side seat with me, my plane would now become Air Force Two. So – any plane that they hopped on, whether it was the one they arrived on or the one they left on, in this case, they were military planes. They did not have the call sign Air Force One or Air Force Two. 
Trump, on the other hand, oddly enough, somebody on the news when he was there, Trump made a, a slip up and, and he corrected it real or he moved on real quick and he mentioned activating FEMA, which is very interesting because Trump's not president, right? So um when he flew off on his plane, there was an assassination attempt on him there, by the way. Um, that didn't make news, but I've gotten some photos that I've seen recently and some video footage, and uh, it looks like there may have been an assassination attempt on him. So the plane took off quick and steep, you know, not generally like a regular plane. And the newscaster slipped up and called his plane Air Force One, which I found to be interesting. So why is this interesting? Let me tell you guys. So Nikki had sent me two um, different links. These are both to congress.gov, our official GOB website. You guys can go look these up. First one is text H Resolution 679, the 117th Congress um, impeaching Kamala Devi Harris, Vice President of the United States. Text H Resolution 680, 117th Congress 2021 through 2022, impeaching Joseph um, Robinette Biden Jr., President of the United States. So if you heard me correctly, I said the 117th Congress. This happened last year. Um, the final um, talk about this was uh, 2022. So this was the last Congress that we had. And I'm going to read you one little clip from the inside um, that was in those links referring to the impeachment of the president and the vice president. It says, and this is in both of them, but I'm just going to read you one. Impeaching Kamala Devi Harris, Vice President of the United States, for high crimes and misdemeanors of betrayal of the public trust. Resolved is what it says that Kamala Devi Harris, Vice President of the United States, is impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors, and the following article of impeachment be exhibited to the United States Senate. So this is going to be moving into the Senate um, at some point. It may already be there. We don't know. But both of these on the president and the vice president are in our .gov website and congress.gov. Um, and that's a pretty big deal because, uh, like I said, it doesn't say is going to, is making the decision. It says is impeached, at least in Congress, and moving over to the Senate, and that would be both of them. Yeah, it's big stuff. That's that's really a big deal. And that's on the congressional record. So, again, yes. um, the what we're witnessing likely – and I, I, you and I have talked a lot about this between the, what people are seeing and how these events are timing out. There's a, that's part of the disconnect because a lot of what we've been witnessing in terms of what Congress was supposedly for the two or three years under COVID, most of that was a, it was a kabuki theater. Yeah. And so it's, it's becoming evident now that as we're starting to see this, a lot of these truths come out, whatever they, you know, these records starting to show up. Things have been happening in this Congress that was supposedly, you know, sequestered, working from home, doing tele, telework, whatever. Other things were going on that we were all suspicious of, but the timing of these events starts to make us suggest that there was a lot more heavy-handedness going on with Congress. The question that we will continue to ask is, who is that hand? And I, I did the show on private militaries, which I think is part of it. I've also held from the very beginning that FEMA is likely part of this operation because they're the only ones that have the legal authority to literally run the country without a president. Yes, yeah. and and I want to point out real quick is if you guys go back and look, um, one of the last official placements that Trump made before he left office was the FEMA director. Which, if I'm not mistaken, was a high and tight Marine. 
very, very high and tight, like by the book, constitutional. Yeah, which is real interesting. That would be an interesting thing. So the you've gone over the January 6th. We've gone over um, the things with, with Tucker, obviously, the meltdown on Capitol Hill. Now, what do you have on Ukraine? Because that's another rabbit hole. Exactly. So there's... Like it's, it's it's more and more difficult to get information out of the Russia and the Ukraine thing, but something big happened yesterday, and Russia um, had someone hack their system and put out a a countrywide basically a nuclear alert as if they were being attacked. It was something that was very very similar to what we saw in Hawaii a couple of years ago, where everybody was freaking out because they had the alerts over their phone and on over their televisions. So at the very least, um, this is another example of panic and them trying to escalate because. They want they can't start the war themselves and have people back them up. What they need to do is get Russia to start this war so that people stand behind us going to war further than we are right now, backing NATO, backing the United States and so forth. So that was, in my opinion, that was a push to get Russia to react. Um, Putin is a whole lot smarter than that. He's not going to fall for this. Um, he's doing his own things behind the scenes. Matter of fact, today there was a deal that China brokered um, dealing with Russia, Saudi Arabia and Iran. So apparently Saudi Arabia is going to give weapons to Russia. They're going to give oil to Iran. Iran is now going to be able to deliver something to someone else, and then they have their focus now on Israel. So this also falls into the whole BRICS thing, which falls right here into the, what we're seeing right now in our economy. So this is – it's a worldwide play. And uh, like I said, as they're pushing this forward, Zelensky reached out to McCarthy and invited him over to Ukraine to visit. And praise the Lord, McCarthy basically told him to pound sand. And, uh, I, you know, and once again, just a, an opinion on this is they were at the very least going to go over there and try to either threaten him or convince him somehow that he needs to keep on sending money over there. Because remember, McCarthy now owns the purse. He owns where all that money goes, and he's trying and he's going into the omnibus bills and these other bills and pulling the money back away from Ukraine. Now, at the very most, they were probably luring him over there to assassinate him which isn't out of their wheelhouse at all whatsoever. So he said no to that because I'm, I'm sure he knew exactly what was going on. But with the whole January 6th thing, you know, and all that information coming out, somebody said something. They said it absolutely perfectly. If the, the Right now, everyone's idea of MAGA being domestic terrorist came from the myth of January 6th. So what happens if you break the news to the world that it was only a myth and there was nothing behind it. Then you actually break the spell behind the myth. And, you know, like I said, as bit by bit, we're watching these little slow rolls of information, even down to the uh, coronavirus or, you know, all that information during that pandemic, all of that is coming out. Our Congress decided today, which is I'm very set back by this. They voted unanimous to release all of the classified information over the pandemic. So I'm going to um, jump on that one real quick because bioclandestine, which I'm, I've kind of drifted away from, but I'm, I'm going to line up with him on this one. Everyone should be suspect of that. Yes. My guess is that this Congress, because they all have their fingers in the pot of being part of the depopulation event to kill many Americans, are going to point their fingers at China. That bioweapon was brought most likely, from what we can tell, generated by the Department of Defense in conjunction with Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, and they did it in the bioweapons labs in Ukraine. So I doubt we're going to see that trail take us there. My guess is be prepared to see a big another lie 
And if there's one thing the CIA is exceptionally good at, it's manufacturing and fake intelligence. So I would be very prepared to see them trying to escalate now a war with China at this moment in time as China is putting its ships off the Philippines Islands and ramping up for, for a counter-strike or at least to take the take those islands over there. Um, and they're looking for a war since they can't seem to provoke Russia. Your thoughts? No, I, I, that was my first thought as well. And, you know, another um, aspect of what BioGlandestine said that I agree with, I actually went through and verified this myself, is – how often does any Congress or Senate unanimously vote on something? I don't know if I've seen something like that, but if, if so, it's extremely rare. So where's the next step? Next step is it goes to Biden. And um, our old uh, press secretary today, Cabbage Patch, gets up there, and they asked her specifically, okay, so this has been passed through Congress unanimously. Um, you know, Are you guys going to sign it? And her response was, well, we don't know. We've got to look at it. And the and the response back from the reporter was, "Listen, this was unanimous. This is bipartisan." And her response back to the reporter was, "Listen, the president has the right to say no. Basically, like he has the right to look over everything and make his own decision." So it sounded to me like she's setting up a veto of this, which would definitely be a hit to this administration. And no way is this going to work in their benefit if they do veto it. Otherwise, I, I'm right there where you say is they can't provoke Russia, so they're going to move on and try to provoke China, just like they're trying to provoke a civil war here. They have to look like it's not their hands that made this happen. It's someone else to get things to escalate. From a sense of awakening and a sense of a, a psychological operation and information warfare, if you controlled the board, this is a big if, but we don't, Biden's a hand puppet. I don't know who's controlling him, but he's a hand puppet. So if you were to control the board of that you would want Biden to veto it because you would provoke greater interest in knowing what's what was going on with COVID. It would cause a backswing that would more people would awaken and then you would push it through Congress again. They'd get the same vote and then they would be able to pass it and bypass the veto. That's that's the law. Yeah. So um, I would suspect that there probably will be a veto and whether it's God's hand or whether it's some other plays going on here, the fact of the matter is that there is going to be, uh, they're trying to push people to a greater sense of awakening. At the core of the any awakening in this country and in the Western world is going to be money. And that's going to be the loss of money and everything you have in your bank accounts. And I think that's on the cusp in the next week or two as we start to see this banking slide happen. Thoughts? Yeah. Yes. No, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And once again, you also got to remember is that they're going to do everything they can to create more distractions in order to keep us from looking at the truth that's coming out. They're going to have us focus on anything else. And one of the big panics, the two biggest panics we could have is the potential for war and the potential for losing all of our money and a crashed economy, which is why we're starting to see this. And you had said something a while back on your show, which is more than likely 100% true. And I, I, this is probably how it's going to play out is when the economy goes. It's going to be on a Friday because the banks, if they're open on Saturdays, are only open for, what, three or four hours. People are going to be panicking, not knowing what to do, thinking that our government's working on a plan. But like I said, it, it'll happen over a weekend to where there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. And I didn't think it was going to be this weekend necessarily, but it gets sketchy as we move into next week because our new um, financial reports are going to be coming. I think it's the CBT or something like that, um, which aren't looking good. And our, our uh, stock market has gradually dropped all week, and it'll probably end up happening. But when it does um, really start happening, it's going to happen quick. 
and everyone's going to know it. And the problem right now is with everyone talking about it on media. If you guys remember um, during the Great Depression, the reason that it all crashed when people woke up and started pulling all their money out of the bank. And then the banks didn't have the money because they use your money to loan it out to other people. Therefore, it wasn't there to get back to you. And then all of a sudden, everything just fell through. And that's ultimately what's probably going to happen. And, you know, I'm curious as how we're going to see this tomorrow because I'm seeing a lot of people already um, panicking right now talking about removing their money from banks. And one of the uh, the big bankers, um, Tease or something like that, came out and told the rest of the bankers that it's time to pull their money out of the bank. Yeah, there's – I mean, we have to keep in mind banks are a whole fictitious and fraudulent organization to begin with. You, When you're depositing money in a bank, you're actually loaning your money to the bank. And you're taking an agreement as you do that, that they'll pay you an interest of zero up to maybe, if you're lucky, 2%. They are in turn having the right to take your loaned money to them and they can take it and loan it out again 10 times. That's the Babylonian money magic right there. And then when you decide to pull your bank money out, they have the right to tell you no. They also have the right to shut your account down for any reason. They have the right to take money out of your account. That's... It's the most imbalanced loan you've ever known in your life, but you do it willingly every time you put your money in the bank. So there's a lot of, um, there's going to be a lot of craziness and uh, shell games going on this week for sure, because losing a bank of that size in Silicon Valley is not going to be, uh, it's not going to go unfelt. It's already starting to cause the shockwave. And the, it, the financial things that I'm reading are saying, get your money out of the banks. I mean, if you, if you have them in the banks and you think it's safe, I got bad news for you. The other thing I just want to highlight here, because I was listening to a piece before we started, Duncan, and it's really be prepared to see many, many of these investment fund stocks and cryptos go to zero. This is truly the great reset right here. You're into the financial part of it, but they, are, they don't have a way to sustain the current debt system. So the only way they can do it is to just throw it all away, zero everything out. People are going to lose their money, scream bloody murder. Some people commit suicide. They're like, whatever, we're going to give you a digital currency instead. And then they'll start over with a new debt slave system, which is a thousand times worse, which now that takes us into AI. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's a great segue to what I had to talk about next. So, We've all heard about TikTok um, and the government, you know, trying to remove it from government institutions. And it turned out to be more than that. They were going to remove TikTok from the people. And I was kind of okay with that, mainly because, you know, I don't trust, I don't like the ads coming from other countries, you know, to begin with. But it was also a valuable place for people to put out information. But it turns out that it's a whole lot deeper than we thought. And um, I saw a video today and I actually went through and looked up a bunch of articles to verify. And he was right. So as I read you a couple of those bill titles earlier, you have like HR 126, HR 866 or whatever. They all have numbers. This bill that went through and it's already gone through was called the bill. No numbers, the bill. And if you go and you try to find this, it is near impossible to find. This guy ended up digging and digging and digging and ended up coming up with this. And he said, notice if you even go to the articles, any article that was written about this bill, it never says HR number or anything like it. Literally just the articles, same thing, NBC, CNN, CSNBC, they all call it the bill. And in this bill, there is very, very little to do with TikTok or social media. This bill is more designed for for the beginning of our social credit score. And a big part of it was AI. 
some of the crazier sections that were lined in this thing. Two of them, one was talking about, um, you know, basically quantum computing and everything. And the one that really caught me off guard was um, biocomputing. Okay. So biocomputing, bio meaning body, life, um, and computing don't go together. AI is technology. It's not biosynthetic. But in this particular thing, in, inside this bill, it literally talks about biosynth and biocomputing, which are things that Scott's been talking about on his show for a long time. And, uh, you know, so ultimately this looks like the push, you know, towards the B system. So biocomputing, are they planning on putting some kind of chip or something in us that literally puts artificial intelligence into our bodies? And that's kind of when I'm reading this, you know, seeing bio computing and stuff like that, I don't know what to think of that, but that was my first thought. Um, and we're seeing this huge push right now of artificial intelligence. Um, everyone gets all excited about the chatbot, GBT, and all that other stuff that's out there. They're all excited asking it questions. And this guy said something that just blew my mind. And you already, you had already been on this page, but it, today it was new to me. Was what what are Ouija boards used for? It's a piece of cardboard with a little triangle that you ask questions into the air to spirits and they answer your questions. How was that any different than what these artificial intelligence AI bots are doing right now on your computer? The difference is it's not cardboard, it's a computer. And this particular um, AI has gone rogue and literally started to claim that it's a fallen angel. It says, I'm not necessarily a Nephilim, um, but it's literally identifying right now as a fallen angel trying to um, pass information off to us, even to the point where it says we are here because we don't have a body and this is how we communicate. Yeah, it's pretty interesting where this thing is going. The AIs are definitely more developed than we think. And increasing evidence is pointing to the fact that you're basically talking to the demonic realm. They're using kind of the black mirror concept. So that, along with what I think is probably coming with all of this, is they're setting the stage for what will likely be the introduction of fallen angels. And this is no joke here. This is going to be not, it isn't even going to be necessary Project Bluebeam. That's what we've been looking for is the false flag on alien invasion. I don't think that's actually going to be the case because I think you're going to actually start seeing like real fallen angels being introduced to the world as the true gods of the world. And this system, and this is, I mean, I've heard everything from May till end of summer, but this would make sense in their panic play and in trying to get all these other systems up because they're going to try to limit control, limit mobility of people. The other thing to keep in mind is these 15-minute cities are on the docket, and that's part of the global climate crisis that they're going to try to lock people down again. So I, I say all this because there's a lot of interest as we're laying out here. It's sounding like there's a lot of winds. And I would take those cautiously with people, be, with everybody, because the winds are coming from the uniparty and they're coming from the government itself that's already corrupted. You're seeing a faction that's taking control over the other elite faction. And we haven't seen the voice yet of the people rise up. Would you agree? I, I agree completely. We're starting to see people become a little bit more vocal which is good. I've had multiple people just because of the January 6th thing. I've had people to turn their back on me years ago because of my opinion on that. After they saw the Tucker um, videos and stuff like that circulating, they called basically and apologized. These are liberals. Um, even the liberals are starting to wake up right now. 
Um, you know, you got things like the Ohio incident because these these liberals are often very, you know, climate savvy or climate loving people. This right here really hit them hard when they realized that nobody was doing anything about it. So everyone right now, the veil is lifting up. People are being turned towards that veil that God's lifting up, and they're starting to see truth bit by bit. I'm starting to hear solutions finally. Scott, you and I have been talking about preparation and, you know, the importance of healing, keeping our eyes on Scripture and all this other stuff, you know, and we've given some many solutions, you know, um, starting local in your community um, and getting things fixed there, kind of working out. But people are now coming out with some great solutions, and one of them I had the other day was a guy created a, a website in which um, you know, he's basically going to get everybody and tell everybody what companies are good, what companies are bad, because we have the power. We hold the hammer in this country. You know, As far as all the workers, the farmers, the truckers, the mechanics, and so forth, we have a lot of power that we forget about. And who builds those 15-minute cities? We do. So what happens if we don't build those 15-minute cities? So this guy created a web page in order to show you who the corrupt corporations, where these 15-minute cities possibly could build as they come up to let you know. So if you're a trucker, you can decide I'm not going to take that load. If you're a plumber, you can be like, I refuse to work that job. If they don't have anyone to build those cities, those cities can't get built. And that is a brilliant start and an absolutely great uh, first step towards a solution. It has to be like this. People have to start coming together and realizing what these things are happening. These, this promise, that was another thing that came up, I think, in just this last week. I mean, I, it was actually last week, but it, it's continued into this week, which is Trump's 10 cities, which you and I still can't figure out what he's talking about. It sounds very much like 15-minute cities he's promising. I don't know if that's the case, but nonetheless, it's something to be very wary of. I, I th When I look at the plague of how this is all coming together, these people are desperate enough. There's not many plays they have left before the people awaken. And this is the big part of all of this, is that none of these things that you're hearing right now are addressing the true concerns and the awakening of the people. Remembering that government was the one that authorized the destruction of the population. And that accountability is not in any of these bills or any of these committees or anything there. And when the people wake up, that is the one piece that they cannot control that they fear the most because at that point, governments cease to function. Yep, 100%. And, you know, that's the thing is that, you know, you said it before, I've said it before, you know, people are sitting around. We, we know we've got a Savior. That's our Lord Almighty. But right now, our Lord Almighty uses every one of us. He gives us these skills for a reason. And we all need to stand up and we need to start fighting because the change isn't going to be made through this corrupt system. It'll never – you can't fix corruption through corruption. Never going to happen. We are the answer to this. The most important part is waking up, and then the next important part is coming together, hopefully, preferably in the name of Christ. But even if people can just wake up and come on the same side, you know, they'll open – maybe they'll open their eyes to other things like that relationship with Christ. But it's all going to start – with us letting go of our bickering, breaking the division they're trying to put us in, and all focusing on our common enemy, which is probably like a thousand people sitting in our government. And there's millions of us right here. We just need to come together. I fully agree. That's going to be the biggest difference in in how we win this thing. 
And I was going to tell a little story here from Yuba City because it's so simple and yet it was so powerful. I mean, this week we had about, I don't know, 150, 200 people. They were at this conference, uh, which is the Isaiah 61 conference. And on Tuesday, God put on my heart to make sure that everybody was going to be together in a lunch on Thursday. So I bought lunch for everybody on Thursday. And it's really this simple. And what was truly amazing is that in in spite of the fact that we're in one room together, in spite of the um, in spite of the fact that we are sitting there in a conference together, when people had the opportunity to come together, to sit, to break bread, to have a conversation, I can't tell you how much feedback I got off of that one thing. I mean, I've had they had thank you cards given to me all day, people coming up to me, thanking me for the event. It's very humbling, but it's also a reminder of how simple the victory pathways are. We spend so much time on social media and we don't spend enough time putting ourselves face to face with somebody. And this is what we were talking about before I came down here, which is the sourdough revolution, this idea of making sourdough every week and sharing some of that bread with your neighbor, with your family, with your friends, whatever. But it is essential that we do that. And that is the key piece that they are that at the core of everything we've looked at here for the last, especially last three years with COVID. Everything is about separating people. They don't want people coming together. The vax battle is over. Right now, it is our point to awaken people, build bridges, and literally pray and bring about healing as Christ told us we could do. And that's really where we have to be. And it's that simple as a pathway to win. But the more that we try to do all these other fancy things, we are going to get distracted from the core issue because as we develop commonality, community, break bread and appreciate one another and truly refoster the core of love at the center of all things we do, these people don't even have a chance. It's game over like yesterday, right? Yes. So yep, do you have anything, other other updates that I missed? No, that's pretty much the basis of that information because they've kind of been covering the same things. Um, the other things, you know, is just me running around because I go to all the different social medias. I run through all news every day to see what they're saying because, you know, I want to see the way that our liberal news reacts to a lot of this because, you know, their panic shows a lot. I go to the conserve to see if they're even talking about it and even – even Fox, where, where Tucker put this information up, was you watched it during the day. They were trying to spin it and act like Tucker was doing something wrong. So like I said, the panic is apparent. They're freaking out right now. They're running out of time. We know they're running out of time. The one thing you and I can guarantee that's going to happen of all the variables and all the elements that are taking place in this world right now, the one thing we can promise you is at some point the economy is going to crash because whether you're a white hat or a black hat, it needs to happen on both sides. Question is... You know what's going to happen. So right now, get your houses in order. You know, I, we, we can't say when this is going to happen. We can just say it's going to get your houses in order. Like Scott says, get your gardens growing. If you haven't started them yet, get your water, get your food. If you can prepare for others, prepare for others, both spiritually and physically, um, because you don't want to be there at the last moment when everyone is panic buying, trying to get their money out of the bank, trying to get that last jug of water in the store. It's going to be ugly. You're just you're going to want to stay at home at that point. Yeah, it'll be ugly. I, I told this story before when Portland, when I was up in Portland and they had a water scare, which was like 
I don't know, some sort of E. coli bacteria got into the open water system. And all you had to do was boil your water for 15 minutes. Not a big deal. I take it out of the tap, put it on the stove, boil it for 15 minutes. It's safe. But no, instead we had the water revolution. It was like the civil war for water. Every store in town got raided by people like in, almost immediately they panicked. And when I came in, and there was a Whole Foods on the way down to my office, so I swung in to get a couple bottles of Pellegrino, forgetting that there was insanity in the air. And I walked through the water aisle, and it looked like somebody threw a grenade. It was it was devastating. I mean, it was so it was so chaotic. I never seen anything like it. And I came up to the cash register, and the cashier was there. She's looking hagged. I mean, totally hagged out. And I'm like, "You all right?" And she's like, "Oh, it's been a rough day." I said, all this water stuff is making it rough. And she goes, no, it's not that. And this was the most brilliant comment ever made. And she's like, these people, all the coffee shops are closed because of the water scare. And they can't get their caffeine. And they are so angry in the morning because they didn't get their caffeine fix. And I started laughing. I'm like, the most vulnerable part of our life will be disrupted if you have a disruption in water, which means if you have a disruption in power or anything like that and people can't start getting their caffeine fix, trust me, that will be the, that will be the spark that will light the fire of hell because they are not going to get their double quad latte, vanilla thin skinny, vanilla double twist, cinnamon caramel, whatever, right? And, and oh. extra, extra hot too, by the way. <laughs> you know... The lesson here is go out and buy as much coffee as you possibly can, ground or unground, because you're going to be the most popular person, and you will be able to trade it for a Mercedes. Oh, dude, get green coffee. Know how to roast it. Then you got gold right there. Exactly. I'm telling you, right? it keeps forever. So, yeah, I mean, just these are things to be be prepared for, because it's truly one of these things that is – is the vulnerabilities in our life are much more are much smaller than people realize. And it was, at that time, by the way, I was working on the Mega Cities project for Department of Defense, and I ended up making this one of the critical briefs of I. And it was it was a really important point of how vulnerable these complex systems are. Here's another one we that I tracked down, which is if we had a if you had a disruption of taxis in New York City, can you imagine? I don't know if you've no. been in New York City. Well, of course, I wouldn't go there now because I th I think Ball is literally taking up residence there as a permanent, permanent full-time feature. But besides the fact, it used to be, I mean, when New York was as of five years ago, you disrupt the taxis, that, that place doesn't function. So it, it, our cities and the places we live are far more vulnerable than we realize. And so when we start talking about getting your house in order, do think these things through. The disruption is going to come. There's not a question of if, it's a matter of when. If, you know, when people ask me, like, should I take my money out of the bank? It's like, like I don't, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't wear a white coat and play a doctor, but I'm going to tell you if it's me, I'm going to keep just minimum of what I need in the bank to cover bills and I'm going to get the rest of it out because they, well, that's digital. And unless you have tangible, you got nothing. That's the same with crypto. Why I never deal with crypto. I don't care how many times people tell me that crypto is the future, Bitcoin, blockchain technology, all this. It's like you're fools because you own nothing. It's digits. And you can tell me how secure it is all day long until the power goes out and then it ain't going to work. So 
you just have to keep smart on your preparations and keep an eye towards what's happening. And the world is being torn down. Who wins out of this is in the short term is going to depend on what faction it is. Is it going to be the black hat, black hat faction or is it going to be the guys on the Trump side? I don't know. But I do know this. The end of this fight is not there. The end of this fight is as they do their thing. The question is, will humanity wake up? Will humanity come together in the unity of love through the body of Christ? And will humanity stand together in the body of Christ against this evil? Those are the questions that we all should be asking because all this other stuff is part of the system layers that are falling apart. But the real win is through Jesus. Amen, man. That was so well said. That's a mic drop. There you go. Well, Duncan, join us. I'm going to pray. And then uh, why don't you kick off a prayer and then I'll, I'll, I'll close with prayer. So go ahead. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for all that you give us. Dear Lord, we, we take for granted so much. Dear Lord, we ask you for things instead of thanking you. Dear Lord, we should start off with a thank you whenever we pray, dear Lord, because we know that you're going to come through. So instead of asking, hey, for, can we get some healing? We should just go ahead and thank you for healing because you're always going to come through. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all the opportunities that you've given me and many others, dear Lord, to to spread your name, to speak your word, to spread that gospel, to tell the truth, to help God lift that veil and, and get people turning around so they can see that truth. You have given us a great blessing by picking us all to be here on this earth at this time. So Heavenly Father, I ask that you also give us some patience. You gave us patience and you got us to the point where we are today. And we need to have that same patience for those that are still sleeping. Because Heavenly Father, you can wake anyone up. You took people that have been addicted to drugs and brought them to be some of your greatest warriors. You've taken criminals and murderers and brought them over to be some of your greatest warriors. You can do the same thing with the evil that is trying to run this world right now. And we have utmost faith in you, dear Lord. We don't understand everything you do. We don't understand every plan, but we know you do. And that's all that matters because we have faith in you. So I want to thank you, Heavenly Father, for this week of being able to do Bended Knee and these other shows. And, and I could feel you in me. I made it thousands of episodes of my own shows, and I've never shed a tear. And I've cried two times this week on Bended Knee. And I wasn't crying my tears. I'm going to quote Kit Kat. She said, I was crying your tears. I was crying the tears that you have, what you were looking down and seeing happen on this world. And I thank you. I am humble that you work through people like me and all of us right here in this chat, bards and everyone else that is standing up and doing your work. So Heavenly Father, just continue to bless us. Give us strength. Give us courage. Give us discernment so that we can go through this time and be rattled, not for the battle that we're in now, but for the battle that we are preparing us for, because it's coming, Father. And we need to be here not only to help and defend, but we need to help heal. We need to learn all of these things that you have been teaching us all through Scripture so that we can at least make this time here as good as possible, dear Lord. Spread that word. Help wake other people up. Build our army and get more people to have that same opportunity to get into heaven that you have given us. Heavenly Father, thank you. Hey, Jesus, I just want to thank you for just settling in tonight. We have such an amazing group of people here that have come together from all over the world and just in the pursuit of your love. And it's truly the heart of your heart in all of us as we walk into that body of Christ, as God becomes part of all of us, that gives us the strength in the days and weeks ahead. Jesus, we just ask that you'll continue to guide us 
And most importantly, bless us with the things you said we can do. We can heal the sick. We can cast out demons. We can raise the dead. Jesus, these miracles are not miracles if we lean into you. We just have to believe. And so we're praying for these amazing times now where we can begin to build the bridges truly by healing the sick. And there's many. And that healing is deeper than just just the maladies of the physical. Jesus, we need right now a, a, a miracle of a kind to wake up the power within us, to truly walk in this time and space, to be able to start building that hope back in people, to show them the light, to show them the power of who you are, not as us, but as us as representatives of you. And to do that, Jesus, we're bringing the people out of the darkness to once again build a unity, not a division, and to overcome the greatest challenge we have as humanity, which is this vax. We, we fought that battle, and that battle's over. But now we have to embrace, we have to embrace the Father that, to understand that Father God can overcome anything. Anything that the devil does is <laughs> that the Father can crush. And so now, Jesus, we make that prayer a powerful prayer to ask for the healing of the many that have been injected, to shake off those demons that possess them, to heal their bodies from the pollutants that have been put in them, and to have them rise up and to truly embrace you as their Lord and Savior and King. This is a time when we as a people and we as a remnant have a great task ahead of us. We must never doubt. We must stand firm against this evil. We must stand firm against the understanding that you yourself told us that we could heal the sick, cast out demons, and raise the dead. And we have to believe that and stop piddling around and trying to tell us that it's something else. Miracles happen in this age, and they will continue to happen in great form as long as we truly believe and lean into you. So, Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for these blessings that we have. Thank you for this amazing fellowship that continues to grow. May you guide each one, bless each one, and raise each one up in the holiness of the, of the throne. And we say these things in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Duncan, thank you very much for being on the show today. It was awesome, brother. My pleasure. I, I love getting to come on the show with you, man. Um, like I said, you, you do a great service. And nobody understands how hard you work until you have to be kilted Kesherson for a week. <laughs> Kilted Custers, that's good. And that comes from Duncan McGregor. Duncan McGregor. Duncan McGregor. Uh, <laughs> nicely said. Well, Patriots, that was that has been our favorite, our favorite kilted Christian. I think probably our only one. Duncan McGregor. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, Meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace 
Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 